but at, but at the same time, but at the same time, I'm going to make this very clear. I've been waiting for a long time, waiting all week. But we all have Valdosta State ties, which is the reason why we decided to get this podcast a try. Cairo, yeah. Cairo, yes. We all say that. I- New Jersey? This is Title Town. We win championships. The fire in my loins. That'll be later on in the podcast, folks. I can't wait. He made a promise to God. He said, You allowed 28 points against a team that was essentially playing like a lucky person playing mad and going for two after every touchdown. And I think God has given him his end of the bargain. <laughs> the gigantic so, metaphorical middle finger. The, the dirty myrtle is exactly how it sounds. And this is the Inferno Blazer Sports Show. What's up, Blazer Nation, and welcome back to another episode of the Inferno Blazer Sports Show. My name is Kyle Hawthorne, and this is definitely not take three. Three's up in the podcast room. This is definitely take three. Let's be honest. Rounding out the table, we got Jack Calhoun to my left, the voice of VSU basketball on the road. Across from him, we got Mr. Half and Half Jalen Scott. Look, I'm here. I'm here. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, he tried to do the intro twice, folks. I had to take over. Um, and then across from me is the enforcer, Mr. Chris Mercer. How What's you doing going today? on, man? Salutations, man. What's going on? Great to see everyone back in here. And oh, I know yeah. the Super Bowl was just like, what, a week ago? And yeah, yeah, 10 it, days it, ago. It 10, like, 10 days ago, yeah. yeah. It, it feels like I haven't seen y'all in a minute. So oh, it's, yeah, like, definitely. It, it's great. Uh, great so our last show. upload was the um, live stream that we did at my place. So if you tuned into that in mm-hmm. any form or any capacity, Thank you Seriously, so much. For we're that. sorry. Yeah, we're yeah, definitely sorry. sorry for what you had to see. Shout out Jack for um, you Shout know. Shout out Jack Baldwin, one of yeah, the only man. people that stayed yeah. the entire thing. Yes, yeah, man. Much for love, real. man. Much love. We appreciate. Yeah, that, but man. definitely, uh, if y'all watched in any capacity, we definitely thank you. Jalen put a lot of work into the um, ticker board, and it looked great. So, Jalen, good job, buddy. Yeah, man. Real Thanks. proud yeah, of you. Yeah, we appreciate. Uh, you. We got a good so. show for you today. We're going to be talking some Lady Blazer basketball, some men's basketball some blazer baseball blazer softball uh and jalen is going to bring us a little segment about tennis so both blazer teams went up to indianapolis to play in the ita indoor championship um top rank blazers unfortunately they fell to the number seven team in the nation indianapolis in the constellation bracket they fell four sets to two which i mean four four sets to two that's still a good match especially for the number one team um men's tennis they were number one in the nation at one point they're five and two in the season so in the nation so shout so That's shout out good. to them and yeah. when and women's te- and women's tennis their last uh match they played on february 11th where they unfortunately fell against number three in the nation lynn uh the fighting knights they're gonna be playing uh against number 22 georgia college on a wednesday match which actually today is the day we are recording so Shout out to men's and women's tennis getting it done out there, man. Oh, they yeah, are I some mean, really talented teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah go out there man. and support your uh, Blazers and Lady Blazers. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Definitely. You just talked about a few losses, but I mean, think about it. you lose to the number seven team in the nation, number three team in the nation. I mean, we talk about like a quality loss sometimes on the show. I mean, at least you're not losing to an unranked team. So, I mean, definitely time to turn it around for the Blazers. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, man, we got a lot to, uh, to go over, man. We appreciate you bringing us in tennis. And, uh, Mr. Uh, Calhoun, the principal. Hey, man, we got we got to we got to tip things off right. No pun intended uh, with Lady uh, Lady Blazer basketball. Uh, yes, Lady Blazer basketball. So uh, actually, at the time that we were recording this, I'm hopping on the bus with the Lady Blazers in about three hours. We're on our way to Montevallo today. Well, technically Pelham, but uh, 
Taking on the Montevallo Falcons tomorrow, and then on Saturday we're going to Montgomery to face AUM. Last regular season road trip of the season for the Lady Blazers. Uh, they're just coming off a big win in Pensacola this past Saturday. Um, obviously, we'll get more into this later. But they they played their rival West Florida this weekend. Um, nineteen and, in and a row, man. nineteen wins in a row. And and I I tell you what, there was there was a little bit of skepticism there in the first quarter because yeah. I don't know if you all checked the box score or not, but uh, they scored twenty before we scored ten in the first quarter, and mm. things were mm. things were looking kind of kind of rocky. But you know it. It's normal to get a really good game from West Florida because I think Coach Sherman even talked about it. Uh, one of our uh, questions after the game: uh, Everybody's going to give the Lady Blazers their best shot, especially with them being number two in the country now. By the way, that's yeah, awesome. Right, yeah, that's that's right, yeah. Number two, and um, and then on top of that, you know, they're on a nineteen-game win streak. Tomorrow could be number twenty. That would be huge. And if I'm not mistaken, if they win out the regular season, it'll be the longest. Lady Blazer win streak in school history. Yeah, I was about to say, when's, yeah. where, where's the I record? Say, I, yeah. I believe, I believe that's what it is. Um, I have to check with our spectator co-editor Austin Bruce, but I think he told me the record is uh, twenty twenty-one. So twenty-one, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, if y'all come back here next week yeah. on the road trip, but, yeah, y'all uh, have the record. Yeah, but um, the final score in Pensacola this past Saturday is fifty-six to forty-nine, and a lot of people see that as oh, seven points. What happened? Well, West Florida just you know they got comparable size. Um, to Valdosta State, and you know, obviously playing at home, you're going to have a little bit more of a, a chip on your shoulder. And West Florida just came out firing on all cylinders. It just seemed like they could not miss from the floor. Mm-hmm. Once the nerves got settled and everything, it was Lady Blazer, but basketball all the way through to the very, the very end. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of free throws that were missed at the very end. Some crucial free throws that, um, you know, West Florida, he had they made. You know, what shot or two they attempted, it, it could have gone either way. But, you know, in the end, Valdosta State completes the season sweep against West Florida. They're now winners of 19 in a row. I mean, you got to love seeing that. Yeah, yeah man. Which I actually got to say, um, the 19, like you said, the 19 straight victories marked the second longest streak in program history and is now tied for the top current streak in NCAA Division II women's basketball with Minnesota State. Okay. So, so we're now so we're now tied for the longest win streak in Division Two women's basketball history. That's fantastic. Yeah, That's man. awesome. Yeah, See, are. wait. So if we win tonight, we'll have the longest winning streak in NCAA. We, we will have it as long as um, what is it? As long as Minnesota State also loses. Are they current? Oh, okay. Are they currently oh, on their streak currently. as well? Yeah, okay. currently. So okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, are they so number? Are they number one in the nation no. right now? No, I don't I would know. Think if you're believe Ashley nineteen or twenty in a Who? row, you would think you would be ranked, would you? I mean, you would think like. Oh, I'm not saying they're not ranked. I don't think they're number one. I still yeah, think it, Ashland's it, number Yeah, it depends one. on who they're playing. Got a point. I will say this though. This is while Jalen's pulling it up. This is by far the best Lady Blazer team I've ever seen in the four years I've been oh, yeah. here. Oh yeah, absolutely. It is a pleasure to like to see you know to see these ladies play the game of basketball at a high level that they've been doing all year long. Like, like I, I, basketball is truly like my first love when it comes down to like sports and to see the game played just so well. Great ball movement, seeing the effort that is put in each and every game is like awesome. Like I, I fight to get to go and to see, um, you know, go see the lady blazers play. And there's Mm -hmm. no like side to the men's team at all, but like this team is just 
fun to watch. Like exactly. the game again. You gotta, you gotta give yeah. you gotta give credit to to Coach Shermer and Uffman. Yeah. And you gotta give credit to the GAs, Coach Madden, Coach Lowe. Yeah. I mean, everybody's working with them, and it's paying off. You know, yeah. Khalifa yeah. Ford's gonna be in the running for Gold South Conference Player of the Year. I yeah. mean, I don't know if y'all know that or not. Yeah, yeah. she's been she's I mean, been she's, Player of the Week multiple times. Yeah, Player of the Week yeah. multiple times. I think she got nominated for Player of the Month. Yeah, I mean, the, the, this team really doesn't have all that size. I mean, we got some. Pretty tall players, you know, but they're not gigantic people. But you know, they're right. playing as a team and they're you know, they're shooting well. They're passing the ball around, like right. you said, and it's just working. And also because I mentioned it when we had the game against Union, what was the was that the week of the Super Bowl? Yes, it was the day before. Yes. Um, shout yeah. out to Jack actually being on the call. Um, oh, thank you for for that for that matchup. And I was at baseball for the matchup. I, I can't remember who we played. I want to say that that was not Auburn Montgomery. It would have been Florida Tech the week. Before. Yeah, it was thank Florida you, Tech. thank you. That was Florida, Florida Tech. Tech. Thank yeah. you. And um, hearing hearing Jack not only on the radio but also being on the uh, Flow Sports live stream. So I wanted to give you a shout out there. And thank also, you, sir. Appreciate I that. was like. Cause there was a doubleheader against Florida Tech, and I, I know that guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like, and also, I was just like, I was hot because that was the one game I really wanted to go to was Union versus. Oh Florida. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was in the same yeah, day. The situation with that is, um, the guys that work Blazer Sports Media, uh, we was working baseball and basketball in yeah. the same day, and it just turned out that um, the doubleheader. Me, Jalen, and Chris, along with another one of our coworkers, Electra, we had to work baseball um, by ourselves, which you saw on the Instagram, basically just running baseball without a graduate assistant, without our main boss, Jamie Abbott. And um, that was great and all. And I, I love that personally, to be able to direct baseball, and Chris got to direct as well. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that was a, that was a marquee sure. matchup with Union, and it's just like yeah. – I wish we could have been there. Can I think uh, I wasn't able to like to listen to the entire game, obviously. Can I think I directed the first and Kyle had the second game of the double yeah. header. I caught the back end of the game. Like, I think like four minutes left. Cause that was when the end of the first double header ended. So I was able to catch a little bit of Jack on the, on the radio and shout out to you, man. That, um, that was, you Sh- know, shout out to you guys getting to direct. It was, it was good to see our, uh, resident, good friend in the neighborhood, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, we will Yo, post that I, photo I, on I got, Instagram. I've got to be honest with you guys. I had yeah. several people ask me if I sold state farm insurance that day. I'm oh, like, good my God. <laughs> Jack Cahoon's there. Not sponsored. The Not sponsored. There. We are not sponsored Unless by Unless you State want Farm. to sponsor a State Farm. Of course, yes, yes man. Be, I mean, be I have your insurance. You might as well go ahead and sponsor us. Give us your insurance. Come on now. Hey, man, our colors align as well. Like, I know we have the black, but, you know. Farm credit. You know, you know, the red and the red and white. You know, we, oh, we yeah. got you. Yeah, we can, we can make it yes. work. Yep. But, yeah, man, shout out to the Lady Blazers. They, they've been getting it done all year. So, um, I am, I'm excited to see what they can do later on this year. And, I think, and Jaylen, I now think you we ready. all are. Um, uh, one thing real quick before we go over to you, Chris. Um, Jack made a note to say Khalifa Four might be in the running for potentially GSC player of what the year? You said GSC yeah, player of the year. I would think so. I mean, yeah. I mean, let, I mean, let me just let I mean, me just pull stats, up here. I, I mean, got yeah, I got the stats pulled up here. Me personally, mm-hmm. there's only one other player that is on the same level, if not better, than her in the conference that I've seen. Yeah. So Khalifa Ford in 595 total minutes play so far, she shoots 506. She shoots 506. From the field does wow, not take does not take many three pointers at all. As a matter of fact, she's thirteen for thirty five, three seventy one. But she averages fifteen point five points a game, five four point five 
rebounds a game, has 40 assists on the year, 48 steals, and seven blocks. That's great. Like, that is insane level numbers. Yeah, man. Right there. Yeah, when you're shooting 50% from the field and 37% three, like... And what's he shooting, 83% from the free throw line? Like, you're doing you're doing some good things. And, yeah, like, absolutely. I can't remember which game it was where, like, you could see, like, the switch flip on for Khalifa in these last, like, couple of games where it's just, like, she is aggressive, driving to the driving to the cup, where I call the basket, like, driving and just being aggressive. Like, that's what you want out of a player. And, like, you could just see it. And now this team can just – Turn it up when they like truly do have to, and they're not letting their foot off the gas. And, and I, you can't ask for anything. Oh, more absolutely. Than that. So, good luck for the Lady Blazers. Um, this will be probably after the, you know, this will probably come this will out be after. after the, it's going up Friday, right? Yeah, this is going yes, up this, this Friday. This will be after so the Montevallo game before yeah. Montgomery. Yeah, man. So, good luck to them. And um, I guess I can go into uh, men's. Go right, right ahead, now. man. Um, currently on a two game uh, win streak as they defeated West Florida as well. So, we got the sweep out there in Pensacola and also defeated uh, Union back um, on Saturday, February the 10th. Um, well, Trill Tate back to back 25 point games. Yeah, man. He's averaging 20, just over 20 points per game in his last eight. I mean, he has been playing super, super well. The one thing that I always say when it comes down to for the men's squad, they have to rebound and hit their free throws. And that was the one thing that I always is the one thing I preach, but it's the it's true. Because if you can't do that, you're not going to win many games. But right now, they're doing that well. Um, I think if they can continue on that pace, they were gonna they're gonna have to win out and maybe get some help. I'm not too sure, but they they have a good chance of sliding into that 10th spot into the tournament. If I'm not mistaken, because I'm pretty sure I checked this in my game notes the other day, mm-hmm. if Valdosta State wins out, there's only one other team that needs to lose one more game and they get in. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure nine and ten are in our wheelhouse in the next few games. Yeah, um, I am, you know, with Latrell Tate, I've seen over the last couple of games, he's, and especially in, even though in the losses and even in the wins, you can see that that lights, that light bulb flip yeah. in terms of him being aggressive. Because the one thing that, like, we saw in, like, the, you know, couple games throughout the year is that he wasn't being the aggressor because he has a very fluent jumper. And when you have a fluent mid-range game, like he does, like you got to take advantage of that. Because oh, yeah. the mid-range is a spot on the court that not everyone is going to defend. And, you know, they're playing uh, they're playing good basketball and like letting the game truly run through him. And you're getting help from guys like Rucker and guys like Braxton Williams. Especially, so that's going to be big. Yeah, especially when Sam Martin was taken out with injury. That was our one. That was, yeah. Martin was usually our starting one. And now... With Latrell Tate, I mean, he stepped up. He has most certainly stepped up into taking over that one role very nicely, and not just in his own scoring. I mean, I mean, I mean, we've seen this man play on the court. He's he's also no. He also has a good sense of where his teammates are, particularly Lee yeah. Lenore. Yeah, man. Yeah. He he also had uh, twenty five, I believe, in the game against uh, Union as well. That was Mike Eiser. Yeah, or Mike Eiser. Excuse me, yeah. but um, you know. When we talk about, and the one thing that, you know, Coach Helfer always talks about is that he doesn't want to have just one person get the hot hand and he needs to, you know, spread the ball around and, you know, let everyone, you know, get hot. And I think that works in, you know, in practice. But when you actually see it executed as well as it has been over the last couple of games, like you can't complain with the with the results. But right now, Tate's got the hot hand and I feel like you got to let it. 
let the offense truly run through him at the guard because in years past, when you let guys, you know, guards that have a really good, you know, have a really good game mm-hmm. run through, you know, let the offense run through him, it works out. Look at guys like, if I'm not mistaken, Jacoby Owens because he was yeah. a guard yeah. and Cam Hamilton, he was a guard. And of those years past, and you could see that uh, even though, you know, Tate's, you know, a graduate student, he, you know, not here for long, but let me tell you, like, when you get good guard play, everything else works. You can get the fours involved. You can get the fives involved. So I'm interested to see what they can do over the next few games. Um, they're going to have to make a run, but it's going to be exciting to oh, see yeah. what they can do in the well, next Well, I mean, they, they all but control their destiny. I know Jack said that they, you know, have to get help from one team or something I think like don't, that. Don't quote me yeah, on that. But, I'm pretty yeah, sure. yeah. Some, something very close, but, I mean, at the end of the day, regardless, we need to control what we can control, we need to win the games we need to win. Yeah, and, um, and yeah, all these games are winnable exactly. in these next few. Yeah. But, um, the one thing that, like, I always notice when I – the last home game I went to was uh, against Christian Brothers on February the 8th. The one thing that, like, all, I feel like they got to, you know, get better on because that was the last time I've seen them is that when they're running zone defense, I feel like zone only works if the t- other team cannot shoot. Mm-hmm. Like, That's whether correct. I don't care if it's a 3-2, I don't care if it's a 2-1-2, I don't care if it's a 2-3. You That only works where you're double-teaming the ball handler out and you have to kick it out to a wide-open guy if you know that they're not going to be able to be consistent from out there. As, and, as a person that used to play basketball, if you're at the college level playing zone defense, I think you need to worry about other stuff. Yeah. Because that that's not good. You yeah. Need, you need to man up and play man. I, I just, you know, man, I think like, I feel like defensively wise, you have guys, you know, with size that can guard up well. Like when you got guys like Bozer, who is well over six foot eight, I believe, like he's six eight or six nine. Something you have like Rucker that, yeah. that's six yeah. nine. You have got guards and, and, and wings that are six six and six seven. Like I think there's only what two players that are under six foot three. No, every, well, yeah. everyone's six foot. Everyone's, yeah, everyone's over six, six foot. foot yeah. But like everyone, like in terms of like, Size was because, like, in basketball sense, six mm-hmm. foot isn't the tallest guy on the court. But yeah. look at Latrell Tate because he's six foot flat, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, you see how that's a mismatch nightmare. But when you have the size that VSU has, when you have guys that are, you know, six four, six six, six seven, you got to be able to, you know, play perimeter defense and not just worry about wing and be able to play inside. Like, there's no way you can just have them saying playing zone like that just doesn't make sense so if they can you know come down to it and just say yes <laughs> play and play man defense because i feel like they can match up better with doing that i think that they can go extremely a long way and i think that's and i think that's extremely fair because in one of those games you just mentioned i believe i was also there for it too i mean the christian fir- brothers yeah the first 10 minutes i believe it was the first 10 minutes of the game, they started in the two one two. They started in that two one two zone. Then, then after those first ten minutes, it, I mean, it was pretty. I mean, it was pretty obvious that hey, this isn't working. Christian Brothers is making their three point shots. They're passing the ball out to the wings. They're knocking down shots. So we're we're the two one the two one two just isn't working. So eventually, they converted over to man. They went they went man on man, and it was a greater. It was a much better defensive effort. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Zone does not work with every team. That is okay. You got to do what actually works. Yeah. When you have guys that have the you know the height to guard and have the you know guys that can extend yeah. mm-hmm. and, and 
all of that, like you have to use, you know, go man to man. Like that's, I feel like man to man works. If you get beat man to man, like, you know, you got to reevaluate, but honestly, man to man is just the way to go. Exactly. And you um, know, with, with zone defense, if you're playing zone defense again at the college level, you are asking for it. I, yeah, because, you know, this isn't like 2015 where like the three pointer isn't like, uh, you know, a priority because yeah. like when you, not even that, just look at like the pro game, like how much the three pointer is like, you know, has evolved yeah. in that time. Well, with, like the, a, with the, with the thing, and this is how I was always taught, you know, with zone defense. I've always heard if they want to shoot it way out there, let them. Because if they if they can make it from way out there, have at it. You're yeah. you're Curry esque. Yeah. But this is the college level. Everybody's shooting way out there now. Yeah. yeah. That's how that's how the game has evolved. You right. know, with you know when Steph Curry came up and everybody's like crazy like half court shot. You know, the they're talking that about that's a, over ten years. Yeah, old exactly. Almost you is know, crazy. everybody's talking about the potential of adding a four point line to yeah. the NBA and. If they're going to shoot out there, you have to guard out there. Yeah. yeah. You cannot play zone defense and yeah. expect to win games. Yeah, because I remember, like, you know, I was obviously younger, but, like, when we were in, I was, like, like 2014, 2015, around that time, where, like, you're seeing that evolution of the game of, like, f- folks are shooting out a little bit further or they're taking more yeah. of three-pointers. And I'll be sure to talk about that with the All-Star game in a little bit. Um, but... They, you know, when you have that consistency out there, that's not like a bad shot anymore. And yeah. honestly, there's no such thing as that unless you're even it from ha- beyond half court on every possession. But um, I'm excited what our Blazers can do coming up down the stretch. Um, um, I am looking forward to seeing that. But uh, coming up, we got baseball and softball on the way. We got our own state of cases coming up and some trivia. All this next on the Inferno Blazers Sports Show, a camera three production. Fans of the Inferno and Blazer Nation, we're igniting a new fan engagement initiative with fan shoutouts. Throughout this season of the Inferno, viewers who are engaged with our content will have the chance to receive shoutouts in our future episodes and extra embers. All you have to do is leave us some feedback, a funny comment, or whatever through leaving Instagram comments on our recent posts, YouTube comments, or Spotify's Q&A section on the latest episode we publish, or hit us up on Instagram at the Inferno BSS. Comments and responses will be chosen randomly, and we'll do multiple shoutouts in our episodes. Be sure to catch the Inferno Blazer Sports Show every other Friday at 10 a.m. And if you can't take the heat, what makes you think you can survive the Inferno? And now, back to the show. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Inferno Blazer Sports Show. And Kyle, hey man, we're talking about America's favorite pastime baseball. Yep. And baseball. the VFU Blazers are well into their season. And uh, yeah, let's get it going. Wait, man. Oh, wait, hold on a second. First of all, Tastime? Did I hear that correctly? Pastime. Pastime, he said. Thank you. For the record, he said pastime. It's pastime. I, I thought he said Tastime. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> all, all right. right let's well, go. let's get into baseball. So, this is our first baseball segment since the actual season has started. Last episode, we were just doing season previews and uh, preseason rankings. But. The Blazer baseball team sits at six and three, one and two in the conference. Uh, it's been a pretty hot start for the Blazers. I know that softball is kind of our bigger sport of the two, but they've been doing pretty good so far. Um, mm-hmm. After winning the season opener six to one at Albany State, the Blazers have enjoyed a eight-game home stand, um, going five and three with a series win versus Florida Tech. Um, they've been doing pretty good, but. As person, as a person that you know picks apart baseball, I can definitely see you know certain things that um, definitely need to be 
you know, improved. But um, we win the series two to one versus Florida Tech. I worked that series. We t- briefly spoke about it earlier in the podcast. Um, but I do want to like highlight the um, series that we op- opened conference play with Auburn Montgomery. We lose that series two to one. So breaking down each game in game one, we um, lose five to one. And when I was really looking at this box score, and obviously I did not work this um, this series, so I really had to go in depth with the stats here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blazer pitcher Zach Dodson pitches five innings of six hit, four run ball, two walks, five strikeouts, and I actually I, I didn't work this game, mm-hmm. but I did watch a little bit there, of yeah. yeah I did watch a little bit of the live stream because I remember I mentioned to y'all that the live stream was looking really good. Uh, Dodson really wasn't terrible. In this game, he wasn't. He was. It's, it's just hits were falling, and yeah, it's, and that just goes down to defensive alignment, and that's you know that's nobody's fault. It's just sometimes hits fall. It's just baseball. Yeah. It's it's baseball. It's baseball. That's how it works. Um, baseball is a game that is different every single day. There's no guarantee that bat is going to hit ball. I say that all the time, but it's the truth. Baseball is a game that is different every single day. It goes down to pitching mainly, but you know it's hitting. And um, anybody can beat anybody on any given day, and that's the reason I love baseball. Yeah. But um, looking on the other side, Warhawks pitcher Clay Slagle uh, pitches six innings, four hit, uh, one run ball, no walks, four strikeouts, and really, you know, what more can you ask for at the Division Two level right now, especially this early in the season? Yeah, when you know you have a little bit of preseason um, ball, but you really don't have that full. You know, spring training, if you will, yeah. for Division Two baseball. So if you're coming out and you know pitching six innings in this first stretch, especially in um, conference play, really what more can you ask for from this guy? I mean, I was um, I was working my second job, and a guy comes in, he was um, wearing Auburn Montgomery gear, and I was, I'd mentioned the first game how, you know, we lost, and he explained to me in the second game, which I'll talk about, you know, how they won, or, or how we lost the first game and how VSU won the second game. And I know that Auburn Montgomery was a little lower in the standings when uh-huh. I look back on there, uh, but they didn't look bad. They sincerely did. They did not no, look man, bad. And ne- ne- neither did the Blazers. And um, right. I- I'll get to that in a second. But um, they didn't look bad. I think it was kind of like an off day for the Blazer offense. But again, it, think about in game one, you just, it wasn't bad. Hits were just falling. Yep. Uh, transitioning into game two where we win five nothing, um, it was kind of a kind of a tag team effort with this. And it correct me if I'm wrong, this was the time where we had the doubleheader on Friday and then they finished up game three on Sunday. Is that yes. correct? Okay. So that's that's the reason we kind of have a bullpen game come into effect, you know, with a tag team effort where um Anthony Martins pitches the first three innings and JJ Finn finishes the last four to complete the shutout. Uh the walks are still an issue. The walks are always going to be an issue for me because you cannot give up that type of stuff. You, walks are always going to happen. I, I know that, and I know that's what she was about to say. But you've got to, you've got to clean it up. It's early yeah. in the season. Yep. You've got time. You've got to clean that up. And I, I, and I think especially game three, game three, which I'll get, which I'll get to, which we'll get to when we get there, mm. but seven hits for the Blazers in game two, the big blow being Hunter Stowe's two-run home run that in the top of the like, fifth. Bah. When they switched pitchers, Auburn Montgomery, they brought in a new pitcher. First pitch, moonshot. moonshot. Yeah, wow. that, that thing Legitimately a moonshot. Like, yeah. I, like, Check like, your windshield, like, folks. Like, like I believe Bill Malone even said on the broadcast, 
I have no idea where that ball went, but it's gone. Yeah, I was on the <laughs> camera. Like I was the on the camera yeah, trying was... to track the home run ball, and I'm just like, where did that thing go? Oh my like gosh. it was it was insane. Wait, but that Sunday. Stowe game. just uh, launched yeah. it. Which by the way, shout yeah. out Hunter Stowe following us on the yeah, man, shout out. Hey, appreciate y'all, yeah. man. Appreciate but yeah, it. Yeah, game three, VSU loses fifteen to four. Let me um, let me break this yeah, one down. He's gonna, he's gonna break this down. I was fifteen to four. I wasn't there, but I heard about it in the yeah, group I'll, chat. I'll These guys are gonna take take so, it over for sidebar. This. this was a rather chilly day. Like the first two games, like it was like raining a little bit because it was a doubleheader on that Friday, if I'm Friday, not mistaken. Yep. And then like it sprinkled during the second game, and then. It got rained out on Saturday, so we had to play this on Sunday. So it was very freezing. It was like 40, 43 degrees. And my mother who it watches this. Fun. But my you mother who watches. not just say 43 degrees is freezing. I know. My mother 32. who is from New Jersey, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, is like, boy, oh my word. you're making all of us Northerners look bad. And I'm like, <laughs> I know. But um, it Shout was rather Chris's cold. mom. What's up? Yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> hey, mom. Love you always. Um. You know, that third game, it's just like that first inning. First of all, just it couldn't have gone any worse. Yeah, no, and honestly, it first happens. Inning, that's not I, mean, good, it ha- I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, st- you know, streaks and runs happens in baseball, but like, ooh, my goodness. Like that that game, that first inning just was yeah, like, I mean, you know, it, when, yeah. when you put yourself into a hole like that, you just really can't recover from. I mean, they were yeah, you when, know Yeah, when you go through three different pitchers in the first inning. Yeah. The first thing, though, know, the first pitcher that came into the game, I mean, he had, he allowed a couple of walks, and then he allowed the hit, and now the bases are loaded. Again, with the walks. No, yeah, and it just was like, you know, you really can't do that, but I feel like, you know, you want to give your pitcher the opportunity to work out of that jam, but, yeah. but you know, switching three different pitchers in. in yeah, the first well, is, well it, at, at that point, you know, we're just starting off conference play. You've got to pull him. Yeah. If he, if he, if he isn't right, pull him. Yeah. On the on the other side, Warhawk starter Luke Turner goes four and two thirds innings, ten hit ball, four runs. Um, that's not good either. But when you have that type of cushion, you can get a little conservative. Yeah, you can. And yeah, it's 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 not good for stats, but they end up winning fifteen to four. So you really yeah. can't complain all that. And much. now we get to the game that I almost yeah. forgot about because in the group text with us and working, we had to get yeah. to um, you know. We, we were finding out about this game, and it was like, oh, man, just truly forgot. So we yeah. took on Quincy. Yeah, number 13 um, ranked in the country. Um, yeah. yeah. They were, the, we win that game 11 and 9. And you're like, oh, man, that's a great win. But, you know, let's talk about what actually happened. Not when so, you almost blow a lead like that. Yeah. So to rather quickly um, go over this, it was the inverse of what happened on Sunday. We get out to a big lead, and it's we have scored like three in the first two runs in the second inning and then five a five spot gets put on i believe in the fifth? In bottom of the fifth yes yeah in the fifth inning and you're like okay we're like this was a this is a quality win you see uh coach and he is a coach i just want to say that uh, no, no no anyway that we are um you know you're seeing starters getting pulled when in the infield and you're seeing um you know guys come out but then they allow a run into the top of the seventh, and then that eighth inning. Yeah, um, seven runs in the eighth inning. That's that's insane. It it, it was literally I mean, insane, and then a three run homer that cuts yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it, I it, mean it was a bullpen man. game, but it finally cracks when um Thomas Greason allows six non earned runs late in that game. It's yeah, and three errors in the in the, yeah, in the inning as well. That, that's another thing like, you wow. know with, with this team right now is the errors. Um, in the Florida Tech game, 
I think it was the first game of the doubleheader. Yeah. They eventually had to pull the third baseman, Ryan Romano, because when you have four errors in one game, that's you gotta you gotta hit the bench and, and yeah. you gotta eventually the bench. put and eventually replaced by DJ Banks, who has been who has been definitely yeah, he, the yeah he the has good been, hot hand in the he hot has corner. been the um, third baseman yep. moving forward. Now I know Romano went to I believe shortstop or second base. Uh, second base second yeah. base and they, honestly he hadn't missed a beat. He's there. not he's actually played he actually played a little bit of left field. He actually played yeah. a little bit of left field. Yeah, but, but I mean he hasn't he missed a be- night, he has not he? missed a beat at second base. So that's definitely where he probably yeah. Needs shout to be, out to Dennis Pierce. Like yeah. his 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 average is outstanding. Yeah, he's been definitely yeah. doing he good. Is a he's in like four sixty seven. Yeah, yeah, and I will definitely get into that when I get to the season statistics. But um, you know, finishing up this Quincy game, the Blazers right the ship at the top of the ninth with a save from JJ Finn to avoid the collapse. Uh, the big offensive story of this game was Dennis Pierce's basis clearing triple in the fifth. I know Jalen mentioned that in the group chat. Three. Three's up in the chat. Yeah. But they survive and they go on to play um, Lee, Lee University yeah. this weekend. You know, the college that does not have a football team, so I have no respect for them. <laughs> and um, But looking at season stats, Dennis Pierce, as Jack just alluded to, leads the team in almost every offensive statistical category, including hits, average, OPS, home runs, triples, RBIs. I mean, listen, I know it's early in the season, but what kind of start can you get better yeah. than that? He has like one of the best swings yeah. on the. Like, especially, I mean, especially you to kind of like. See how that I, I understand he doesn't leg. pitch. I understand he doesn't pitch, but to kind of be the unofficial replacement, if you will, for um, JP Gates. He's definitely filled that role very well. Fun fact, um, Dennis Pierce actually used to pitch. He used to pitch in his uh, freshman year for the colleges that you played for. Oh, he did. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe they can bring that back and we can have that type of Shohei effect again. Yeah. But um, as for pitching, J.J. Finn has yet to give up a run in four appearances so far, only allowing five hits across 36 at-bats with an opponent at batting average of 139. And That's good. My question to y'all is, do we have our closer? I understand he pitched a pretty good bit in that bullpen game that I was talking about, but I would honestly rather have him for one inning each game to have him each time. Yeah. I than think so. to have him. Yeah, because he, he closed out. out the game like, yeah. uh, yesterday. And it's yeah. just like he, he brought a calm presence into the infield and for that team because yeah. it was getting like a little bit chippy towards the end of the game. Yeah. Um and it just was like, man. Yeah. You you could see the the calmness yeah. of the of the situation and you're able to strike out the side. And I'm I was able to, you know, really he he really just brought that yeah. calmness that and we then, needed um, in that in that. Yeah, yeah and then the, the last stat I want to give and then we'll give it over to Jalen for softball. Um reliever Nick Ferrara has a um one point five nine ERA across four appearances. Um with an opponent bat- batting average of point zero nine five, and my question to y'all is: yeah. Number one, I thought he was a starter when the f- season first started. I was wondering why the dude was coming out of the bullpen, but he can be stretched out, and we I like him being stretched out. But mm-hmm. should he transition to like a setup role? Are you saying like, like a set? Are you saying as like, like a setup? Like, like he pitches the eighth. He okay. He pitches the eighth. Um. I, I don't I, maybe not the eighth I'd say maybe about the seventh. Here, here, here's here's what I have to say about this, and then again, I know I'm trying to get it to Jalen. Uh-huh. Um, let him pitch the seventh and the eighth. He can he can fledge it out. He can pitch multiple innings, but let's have him later in the game. Let's not have him coming in in the second or the third. I understand you want to write the ship sometimes. Yeah, but have him in the seventh and the eighth, and give it to JJ Finn in the ninth. You can have a solidified bullpen like that, and you can go wherever you want to go. 
But now we got Jalen with softball. And speaking of pitching, as a matter of fact, pitching has been the big story with Blazer softball as they right now sit at eight, it's eight and seven overall, two and one in conference. They played 15 games from our last episode to now, which I mean, that's that's a lot of games. And this is the first time since 2014 the Blazers have lost more than three games in their first 15 since 2014. Like I did, like I did the numbers on it. They went other than 2020. They went 12 and three in the first 15 for like the first, for like the last like eight years minus 2020. Um, right now the team ranks That's impressive actually. right now. The yeah. Team, yeah. The team ranks second in batting in the GSC six in pitching in the GSC and unfortunately dead last in fielding by a technicality of a 930 fielding percentage, which I mean, fielding percentage is kind of just whatever because everyone's over 900 on that but the thing that really puts us down there unfortunately is errors 30 of them 30 errors yeah so, that, that, that's something you can definitely count on coach Masera working with them so definitely so definitely definitely not the best definitely not the best star that we've seen out of this Blazers softball team they absolutely have they absolutely have time to write the ship out of a 52 game season yeah, yeah they've only played 30 percent of their game so it's been a combination of mostly high scoring wins and close losses and some blowout losses. Unfortunately, they've opened the season by sweeping the doubleheader against Luba Christian, Luba Christian, Lubbock, Lubbock Christian. Christian. Thank yeah. you. One to zero. And <laughs> then Spring Hill team from Texas. 10 wow. and eight. Wow. Um, then they drop, they dropped their next two against reigning division two champion and number one in the nation, North Georgia, four to two, which if you're North old, Georgia. Yeah. North Georgia won the softball national championship. Yes. Wow. Last year. Correct. Yeah, wow. and right now they're number one. I mean, the, the only lose by two runs in a low-scoring loss, 42, against the number one team in the nation. It's impressive. That is absolutely impressive. And then, unfortunately, they drop one to St. Leo, who was number 18, um, 10 to 4, to close out the Invitational. They go 3-3 three and three in the Embry-Riddle tournament. They sweep Ecker College, go 0-2 against Tampa, and go 1-1 against host team uh, Embry-Riddle. They go 1-1 one one against West Florida in technically a non-conference series. 13-5 in six innings in the first game, then four and six. Then they lose four to six in the second game. And then they win the first conference series of the year against Auburn Montgomery, eight to one. Um, well, yeah, they won it eight to one, then lost seven to 12, then won 11 to three in six innings. Uh, I'm going to quickly wrap this up here. I'm, I think I'm probably going to take this segment and split it off into an extra ember like I did for soccer and our first extra ember. But just to quickly go through this. Um, the next couple games softball's got coming up. They've got a non-conference doubleheader against Flagler College in St. Augustine, Florida. On the day we're recording this, 221-24, then they are on, then they're on the road to Cleveland, Tennessee to face off against Lee in a three-game series on the 24th of February and the 25th for that three-game series. And then they're back in Valdosta uh, versus Union on March 2nd and March 3rd for that series. We would really love if you guys come out to Steel's Diamond and Blaze Park. It's a really yeah, it's a really nice ballpark. Yeah, I would man, say that's really nice. It's man. really it's a really yeah, nice man, ballpark. Come out, man. If you can't, man, live streaming on blazersportsmedia.com. Oh, absolutely. Shameless plug. Um, <laughs> man, man, let's go hey, to break. Hey, Jay, got... Jamie said I could do that. Yeah, I, I called him. Hey, 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 yeah, man, shout hey. out to him. Hey, man, we got Stitcher Case coming up next and some trivia that will have these three gentlemen stumped. Uh, coming up next here on the Inferno, a camera three production. It is a new day in Titletown, gentlemen, and the Inferno is back, everyone. We are so back. 
Greg. Welcome into the first episode of the Inferno Blazer Sports Show. It is your boy Jack Calhoun here on the mic introducing us all. Hey, welcome back to the Inferno. I am the enforcer, Chris Mercer, as I am trying to do this intro with a toothpick looking like my father. Um, What's up, Blazer Nation, and welcome back to another episode of the Inferno Blazer Sports Show. My name is Kyle Hawthorne. And this is definitely not take three. Three's up. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome into the The Inferno. Inferno. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Inferno Blazer Sports Show for our last segment of the day for the episode and for the time we got here. We're going to go to another new segment of State Your Case, which now I think about how many of these segments have we burned through because we have the Scorching Seat, State Your Case. I mean, now I'm bringing trivia. that back when I do my uh, NFL uh, yeah, report I mean, card video. We're eventually bringing that recorder, back. Yeah. But for State Your Case, if you guys don't know how it works, it works exactly like, pardon the interruption. We got each host has a topic. We all got a minute to two minutes to state our case, give our opinions, give our perspective on things. So we're going to start off with Chris, the enforcer, Chris Mercer. And your topic, I believe, is about the NBA All-Star Game that just yeah, happened recently. Yeah, can I get recently. 60 seconds on the so clock? We got, so I we're going to get 60 seconds on the clock. We're about, well, about Beep. 60 seconds. Beep. All right, so we got All Kyle right. with the clock. So in three, two, one, floor is yours. All right, NBA All-Star Weekend um, happened on the Sunday previous, because this comes out on Friday. And a lot of people have said that, you know, the game is meaningless. It the, is. You know... <laughs> The game, listen, at least it's not the Pro Bowl. So Dude, that I'll, say, too. I, I'll say this. And the people are wondering, what type of incentives do we have to do for players? There isn't. There's multi, they're multi-billionaires. Now, what they need to do is with something that I, I fully agree with. I think they need to have a one-on-one tournament um, to an all-star weekend. They don't need to do it like how the MLB did in terms of Oh, we should make the home field, the home court advantage for the finals depend on an all star game. Because I think that that's dumb. So, honestly, if you do a 1v1 tournament, that would be great. Then, and also, mm-hmm. have people, uh, NBA players, sponsor other, you know, pro am players to be Five, in the all star game four, for um, three, dunk contests. And I think that two. would be great too. And uh, yeah, all star games better than the Pro Bowl. So, one minute done, Chris. That is your case stated yeah. for the NBA all star game. So, now we're going to turn it over. To me, as I'm going second here, my topic is going to be regarding a team that I don't particularly follow, um, Ohio State Ohio State men's basketball. They recently fired Chris Holtman midway through the year. So the question for me is going to be, is immediate success the new norm for coaches in the college and professional level? All right. Your timer will start in three, two, one. All right. Thank you. So I think I only really need about 60 seconds on this one. Um, so again, Ohio State basketball, they fire Chris Holtman midway through the year. So the thing that really concerns me about that is first of all, I'm mixed on that because first of all, I don't really follow Ohio state men's basketball that much. Not as much as I do football, but I mean, it was kind of clear. The writing was minorly on the wall of, I mean, Holtman just wasn't getting it done, but at the same time, I mean, when you fire a coach midway through the season, you're really kind of killing your team chemistry. And especially when it comes to recruiting, especially this new thing with NIL and all that. I mean, it's seriously taken away the whole team building aspect of college sports and even in professional sports. I mean, I mean, a lot of professional sports coaches are getting fired midway through the season. They're getting fired one year into their multi-year deals. So, I mean, it's really putting a lot of unnecessary stress on 
coaches to succeed in their first couple of years. And I think that's terrible for like team building and trying to build a long-term competitive team. And that's my case stated for um, coaches being fired midway through the season. I think it's just, I think it's just real. I think it's just really bad. You should pay a fine if you're going to do that. It just, it just really it happens kills in the, the team. It happens in a pro game too. If it makes you feel any better, because no, it, um, I still think it's wrong in the pro game. Because yeah. uh, Vaughn, who's the head, who was the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, who signed mm-hmm. an extension after they fired Steve oh. Nash, just got fired. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, yes, yesterday being Tuesday the twentieth. So like. You know, it makes no sense. It really like, kills long term success. You know, you can't help that they trade away their, their best players. So I'm going to leave yep. that alone. Um, Kyle, he is in um, for the third spot, and yep. he has his topic. I need and two I, minutes, please. You need two. Minutes. I need two minutes because right. this is going to get ugly. Uh, not as ugly as uh, Orlando Arcia getting stared down by Bryce Harper. Oh, that might be foreshadowing. Never really, mind. Yeah. Um, you said two minutes. Right? Two minutes, please. All right. This is the two-minute warning. And so right. Kyle's topic is going to be trying to make a little pitch to the Braves about a second baseman that may be on the market and maybe want to get a replacement on. So your time will start right. in three, two, one, go. All right. My topic is entitled Tim Anderson, please. And Jalen, you, you, you <laughs> please, please, please. And I'm, I'm, I'm not pitching him as a um, second baseman. I'm pitching him as a shortstop because, good Lord, Ar- Orlando Arcia fell off the face of the earth after the All-Star game last year. I know he was the All-Star starter because he had a high batting average, but good Lord, this, this man fell off the face of the earth. Last year, he um, ended up batting only two sixty four. Um, And let's be honest, I like Orlando Arcia. I always want this dude on my team. but not as a starter and here's why this man can play second base third base shortstop he can play a little first base he can play a little left field right field too if he has to he is better on the bench because he can come out he can mash on the bench he can get on base but i like having that um utility guy on the bench rather than you know having him pull up to the starting role there but um tim anderson i know he had a off year last year i know he got his one by um Jose Ramirez on live television, but down goes Anderson. He only bats two forty five last year, but a year ago, I mean, he's batting three hundred one. The year before that, three hundred nine. Um, year before that, three twenty two, and then the batting champion year in twenty nineteen, three thirty five. Let's see if um, Rick, uh, not Rick Cranix, but um, our our hitting coach, if he can like revitalize this man's career because good lord, Orlando Arcia is not the answer right now. He is not the answer. We trade Vaughn Grissom, um, who frankly could not play shortstop to save his life, for um, Chris Sale this offseason. So we don't have that um, person that could potentially be the um, successor. So as of right now, we got a few shortstops in the system, but they're really, really young. So Tim Anderson, please, please, please. We, we will give you like nine or ten million over Five, a year for a prove four, it. Please come to Atlanta. Three, two. And with two minutes, listen, I do not trust the player that got his behind whooped in a South side Jersey. You got beat in cause, cause you know, the white Sox play on the South side of Chicago and anyone that looks like that, that brought week, Frank Thomas shame, like, come on, yeah, man, you let, you let the entire South side down. As like, long as, as long be. as this man can play quality defense at shortstop and bat at least over to play defense. Cause he, he's going to be playing in Cobb County. You better know how to play some defense. Yeah. <laughs> So, Kyle, that is your case stated for Tim Anderson to the Braves. The last host we got here, we got Jack Calhoun. 
I'm boys. I've got two, so I need three. So he's got three and a half. This man always has two. This man had. He always had. He had two last time. I think. He had two last two time. Cases to be yeah, stated for the, two. two cases to be stated for the second edition of State Your Case. We've got three minutes and 30 seconds on the clock. Jack, you are set to go in three, two, one. Floor is yours. Valdosta State's newest rival should be West Florida, and here's why. With West Georgia leaving and Rome going to a different conference, Bruh. Valdosta State is now the only Division II school in Georgia that's in the Gulf South Conference. And because of the Sunshine Conference and the SIAC Conference, the only Florida team in the Gulf South Conference is indeed West Florida. Uh, when you look at the road trips, it is unbelievably close compared to some of our other trips. I can tell you personally, um, you can drive to West Florida's campus, have a Whataburger, wait in line for 30 minutes, and drive back before you could even get to Memphis or Union. I mean, it's, it just makes sense because of territory to have that rivalry. Plus, when you look at it in football, in the last five to six years, uh, both teams have won a national championship. Uh, both teams are really competitive when they play one another. I mean, you saw it this past weekend. Both teams play up whenever they play each other. Same goes for whenever they play here or when they play in Pensacola. But my thing is, the writing is on the wall especially with West Georgia leaving, it just makes sense. I don't know why everyone's bringing the cameras out right when I'm trying to talk. But, <laughs> uh, anyway, that was that, my, my, my big thing is I still thought the West Georgia thing was a bit of a stretch personally. I get it. They're in state. but You have two minutes. But, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think West Florida should, and from now on, while we're both in the same level and same conference, be uh, rivals. And now on to my second thing. The Gulf Coast Clash is right there. Yes, the Gulf. Yeah. The border. It's a border state thing. It can be another Georgia-Florida rivalry. I mean, yes. it's right there. Yes. It's yeah. the border war. Yeah. Well, I forget what the, the flash in the pan. Anyway, I'm going to need flash in the pan. Flash in the pan. I'm going to my time for this one. So uh, the college football playoff still sucks. And here's 90 why. seconds. Um, they announced the other day that they're going to give the conference champions of the Power Five the... Um, the, the top seeds, and then they're going to, everybody else be at large. But here's the problem. That doesn't fix the problems. Like, yes, it gives automatic bids to get in, but here's the thing. Let's be honest. We all know how this works. If someone was a one-loss conference champion or they were undefeated, unless your Florida State gets screwed, you're supposed to make the playoff, okay? That's just how it's always gone. There's no written rule. That's just how it goes. But by allowing the at-large bids, you still allow for people to get screwed over. That is why they should go to the NFL playoff uh, bracket. Have it to where you have, if you, if you want to have 12, which I think anything less than 16 is criminal, personally. But if you want to have 12, that's fine. But what you do is you split it up into four conferences. 30 seconds. Okay, and then you do it like the wild cards for the NFL. Because then when you do that... Everything goes together. Nobody can complain about, oh, well, I, my team deserved to be in, even though we only had one loss. No, you have rules and regulations, and if you, if you follow them, you get in. If you don't, you don't. Ten. It is what it is. But, you know, that's, that's enough for my soapbox today. I could talk about that all day. Yeah. You should do an extra ember on 
college. Very, very well might. Yeah. Very well might. Like you really should. Yeah, yeah. there may potentially yeah. there may potentially be quite a few extra numbers coming out when we eventually have the time to do so because you know um, we're all college students. Midterms are I coming up. Lord yeah. help us all. Listen, I have a extra ember planned to record. Like I have everything I need. I am doing for uh, NFL report card that is coming out in the same episode. I'm going to review the NBA trade deadline because I did a video before the trade deadline that we just didn't get out in time. But um, I have that. I'm also going to be doing a special presentation um, that I'm going to keep secret for now. But um, it's something that I've been working on for a little bit, and I'm excited to have that. That'll probably come out the end of March, early April. So that'll be and talk about something that I've never brought up on the channel as well. That's another Pro- probably like probably out. like a host spotlight kind of thing of now something to put yeah. on the YouTube channel. Yeah, 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 something to put on the YouTube channel. So that will be something really fun. But um. Right before we go, it is now time for some trivia. Thank you for that, Jack. I really appreciate it. It's time for some trivia. Brought to you by the Inferno Blazer Sports Show. Yes, indeed. All right. Since we have. I'm the Hurricanes, man. I'm sorry to everyone's speakers who were turned up on that one. Yeah, we we apologize for absolutely nothing. So, um. I, you know, I'm researching for a project that I have for one of my classes, and I came across some trivia that is really interesting that I want to. See if y'all can get Valdosta State has won 10 Gulf South Conference championships in football. That includes if when they shared and they've won it outright. Can you name each year? Y'all have you will have 60 seconds each year, each year that they won or shared the Gulf South Conference title. No, I I don't know. Well, I don't you can I, guess I know. I know technically we won last well, year. 23. We like 23. Yes. Okay, hold on. Uh, uh, I will for, give y'all. For, I will give y'all sixty for yes, football. For football. For football. Twenty twenty three. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna, give you, I'm gonna give you sixty seconds. How, how many? P- how many? How many times is it, Chris? It's ten. It's ten. ten? ten. Okay, I can't give you ten. I can give you two. <laughs> I, I'll help y'all. Out. I'll give y'all, y'all two. Get, That's what he says all the time, yeah. folks. <laughs> <laughs> listen, give. Listen, there are ten. I'll give you a hint. I will give you a the one hint I'll have. This all happened under Rhino. Who is our athletic director? Okay. So, so within the last 30 uh, years, 32 30, years. Okay. yeah, you'll have 30 years more. So, are y'all ready? Yeah, 60 seconds starts now 2023, 2021, That's yep, That's two, two. Um, 2007, mm. 2007, no, 2008, no, 2010, yes, three. Yes, that's 2000. five. No. Uh, yes, 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 yes. That's that's six. 98. Nope. 97. Nope. 92. Nope. Um, 16. Miss. <laughs> no. Miss. No. No. Y'all missing some years. 2003? No. 06. Nope. 08. Nope. 09. <laughs> no. Um, did you already say 94? Yeah, I did six. That's six it. seconds. Um, five, four, twenty-three, two. Ah, I'm out of ideas. Crap. All right, so here are the years for for those that are curious. Nineteen ninety-six was one that y'all said, I believe. Mm-hmm. Two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand four, two thousand ten, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. 2021 and twenty twenty-three. So wait, we went ten years without winning a conference championship. Yeah, here's the crazy thing: the 07 and twenty twelve. 
I can't remember who won 07, uh, the GS, the yeah, GSA we didn't, win the, didn't win the conference, yeah. Didn't win the conference, but we won the national title. Yeah. In 2012, they didn't win the, the, um, the GSC because West Alabama had a better conference record because they were five and zero in conference play. Yeah, but we were four. So what I'm hearing is play. what I'm hearing is is we don't have a lot of standalone conference titles. We're always sharing it with people. Yeah, well, we which, have which three is technically of three, technically yeah. stupid because I don't believe that. I'm sorry, there's four that we share. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. We only have six. Well, I mean, six if we share, well, six six standalone share, share championships are that's the, the, they're that's stu- they're stupid. stupid. If you have a head to head matchup, the player, yeah, the, the team that wins the head to head matchup should win the conference. I think that's fair. Like yeah. like this past year, like Delta State it, should have been the outright it, champion. It, 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 yeah, and in twenty one, West that the Florida should have like, been the champion. Isn't that the yeah. case of like every other sport? But thank you though. Like, yeah, we appreciate. That's the case very... of like every other sport. It goes down to head to head if you have an equal conference record. Yeah, man, but um. That's all of uh, my trivia for this time. And I got some more coming up next time uh, on the show. So, uh, Kyle, if you want to wrap yeah, things definitely. up. We just want to reiterate the fan engagement initiatives, fan shout outs. Um, we just want to encourage y'all to leave feedback, comments, whatever y'all want on these episodes. You know, any type of critique is always welcome. We want to make this better for y'all. But uh, as for me, Jack, Jalen, and Chris, we want to wish y'all a great day. And um, yeah, Chris. Send us hey out. man, yo Craig, say something to the people, man. Bye, Felicia. <laughs>